Welcome to the Faith Comes From Hearing podcast. This podcast will be a sharing of part of my morning routine as I prepare for the day with the Word of God. We will be partaking of Puritan prayers from the Valley of Vision, each day's morning devotional from Charles Haddon Spurgeon's Morning and Evening, and we'll be reading from the Legacy Standard Bible, which is the newest and, I believe, the most accurate translation of the Word of God. We will be following a Bible reading calendar that provides for reading the whole Bible in a year that was created by Minister Robert Murray McShane for his congregation back in 1842, and that has been a part of my daily reading for over six years now. Good morning and welcome to the Faith Comes From Hearing podcast. I'm Wayne Floyd, your host, and uh, yeah, I actually was able to get up and get ready to be able to do um, podcast first thing this morning. So again, um, this podcast is dedicated to the um, exposure to uh, Puritan prayers. We'll be reading through Puritan prayers. Uh, Charles Haddon Spurgeon's uh, morning and evening will read uh, the morning uh, reading for the current day, which today is September 7th. So we'll be doing the reading for that. And then we will also be uh, reading through uh, reading the, we're doing reading the Bible in a year using the uh, Bible reading plan from uh, Robert Murray McShane uh, that he created back in 1842 for his congregation, uh, which will read us through multiple chapters of uh, the scriptures. Um, and we're going to be reading from the Legacy Standard Bible, the Legacy Standard Translation, uh, which is the, the most uh, recent and the most texturally accurate um, translation out there. Um, at this time. So uh, let's go ahead and jump straight into the reading. Uh, again, as I've tried to do every morning, uh, the first two Puritan prayers, these are out of Valley of Vision, which I would definitely recommend you getting a hard copy of. Um, the, it definitely, it's available from Banner of Truth. I definitely want to have one. I, I do, and I use it regularly. And um, it's definitely great to expose yourself to the prayers of these godly men. Um, that they put together. So the first two I usually do are resting on God and grace and trials. Um, in the crazy world we're in right now, um, they, they, they tend to help me get a better focus on the fact that God is in control of this. He has ordained whatever is going on, whether I understand it or not. And it brings me a, a bit of peace and calm and focuses me back on the spiritual versus the temporal. So we're going to get going here with resting on God. O God, most high, most glorious, the thought of thine infinite serenity cheers me, for I am toiling and moiling, troubled and distressed. But thou art forever at perfect peace. Thy designs cause thee no fear or care of unfulfillment. They stand fast as the eternal hills. Thy power knows no bond, thy goodness no stint. Thou bringest order out of confusion and my defeats are thy victories. The Lord God, omnipotent, reigneth. I come to thee as a sinner with cares and sorrows, to leave every concern entirely to thee, every sin calling for Christ's precious blood. Revive deep spirituality in my heart. Let me live near to the great shepherd, hear his voice, know its tones, follow its calls. Keep me from deception by causing me to abide in the truth, from harm by helping me to walk in the power of the Spirit. Give me intenser faith in the eternal verities, burning into me by experience the things I know. Let me never be ashamed of the truth of the gospel, that I may bear its reproach, vindicate it, see Jesus as its essence, know in it the power of the Spirit. 
Lord, help me, for I am often lukewarm and chill. Unbelief mars my confidence. Sin makes me forget thee. Let the weeds that grow in my soul be cut at their roots. Grant me to know that I truly live only when I live to thee, that all else is trifling. Thy presence alone can make me holy, devout, strong, and happy. Abide in me, gracious God. And now grace and trials. Father of mercies, hear me for Jesus' sake. <clears throat> I am sinful even in my closest walk with thee. It is of thy mercy I died not long ago. Thy grace has given me faith in the cross, by which thou hast reconciled thyself to me and me to thee, drawing me by thy great love, reckoning me as innocent in Christ, though guilty in myself. Giver of all graces, I look to thee for strength to maintain them in me, for it is hard to practice what I believe. Strengthen me against temptations. My heart is an unexhausted fountain of sin, a river of corruption since childhood days, flowing on in every pattern of behavior. Thou hast disarmed me of the means in which I trusted, and I have no strength but in thee. Thou alone canst hold back my evil ways, but without thy grace to sustain me, I fall. Satan's darts quickly inflame me, and the shield that should quench them easily drops from my hand. Empower me against his wiles and assaults. Keep me sensible of my weakness and of my dependence upon thy strength. Let every trial teach me more of thy peace, more of thy love. Thy Holy Spirit is given to increase thy graces, and I cannot preserve or improve them unless he works continually in me. May he confirm my trust and thy promised help, and let me walk humbly in dependence upon thee, for Jesus' sake. And finally, of our prayers, we're going to read the third day morning, God, Creator, and Controller, again from Valley of Vision. Um, as I've indicated, there are they, they do have some prayers broken into a morning and evening prayer for each, for seven days. So this is the third day morning since Tuesday is the third day of the week. It's called God, Creator, and Controller. Most High God, the universe with all its myriad creatures is thine, made by thy word, upheld by thy power, governed by thy will. But thou art also the Father of mercies, the God of all grace, the bestower of all comfort, the protector of the saved. Thou hast been mindful of us, hast visited us, preserved us, given us a goodly heritage, the holy scriptures, the joyful gospel, the savior of souls. We come to thee in Jesus' name, make mention of his righteousness only, plead his obedience and sufferings, who magnified the law both in its precepts and penalty and made it honorable. May we be justified by his blood, saved by his life, joined to his spirit, let us take up his cross and follow him. May the agency of thy grace prepare us for thy dispensations. Make us willing that thou shouldst choose our inheritance and determine what we shall retain or lose, suffer or enjoy. If blessed with prosperity, may we be free from its snares and use, not abuse, its advantages. May we patiently and cheerfully submit to those afflictions which are necessary. When, when we are tempted to wander, hedge up our way. Excite in us abhorrence of sin. Wean us from the present evil world. Excuse me. Assure us that we shall at last enter Emmanuel's land, where none is ever sick and the sun will always shine. Amen. And now we're going to go to Spurgeon's morning and evening. 
This is the morning devotion for September 6th, for September 6th, 2022. The scripture for today, oh, I'm sorry, we're not doing September 6th. Somehow or other, my link got messed up. Sorry, we're doing the one for September 7th. There we go. September 7th, 2022. And the scripture for it is uh, Mark 2, verse 4. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. That's the lowering of the uh, the sick man down through the roof to get him to Jesus. Mark 2, verse 4. And here's the devotion. Faith is full of inventions. The house was full. A crowd blocked up the door, but faith found a way of getting at the Lord and placing the palsied man before him. If we cannot get sinners where Jesus is by ordinary methods, we must use extraordinary ones. It seems, according to Luke 5.19, that a tiling had to be removed, which would make dust and cause a measure of danger to those below. But where the case is very urgent, we must not mind running some risks and shocking some proprieties. Jesus was there to heal, and therefore fall what might, faith ventured all so that her poor paralyzed charge charge might have his sins forgiven. Oh, that we had more daring faith among us. Cannot we, dear reader, seek it this morning for ourselves and for our fellow workers? And will we not try today to perform some gallant act for the love of souls and the glory of the Lord? The world is constantly inventing. Genius serves all the purposes of human desire. Cannot faith invent too and reach by some new means the outcasts who lie perishing around us. It was the presence of Jesus which excited victorious courage in the forebearers of the palsied man. Is not the Lord among us now? Have we seen his face for ourselves this morning? Have we felt his healing power in our own souls? If so, then through door, through window, or through roof, let us, breaking through, let us, breaking through all impediments, labor to bring poor souls to Jesus. All means are good and decorous when faith and love are truly set on winning souls. If hunger for bread can break through stone walls, surely hunger for souls is not to be hindered in its efforts. O Lord, make us quick to suggest methods of reaching thy poor sin-sick ones and bold to carry them out at all hazards. Amen. Um, this actually very much speaks to me. I'm, I'm, while it seems strange to say this and those that know me well would argue this, um, except if they really thought about it, they would agree with it. I I'm, I'm relatively quiet and relatively shy. Um, even in my older age here, um, which sounds weird. I'm doing a podcast. That's exactly why is confronting that and being driven to do something for the glory of God, to do something to expand his kingdom, to do something to bring the gospel. And so this seemed like something reasonable, but other than to people I know well, to which sometimes I just won't shut up and they would agree with that around folks. I don't know. I, I can be very, very quiet. I, I tend not to say much, much less proclaim the gospel, um, which is something that, that God has put on my heart and has pushed me to do more and more. And I'm working harder and harder to do so. And that that's definitely a drive that, uh, 
for we that are saved, for the elect, we've got to get out there. We've got to be proclaiming the gospel. It's not enough to just go to church on Sunday and maybe a Bible study on Wednesday night or maybe even an evening service on Sunday. That's great. That's feeding us. But we have a ministry too. We cannot leave it to the pastors and the teachers. We have to be out there. We're all called to be disciples. Matthew 28, 19 and 20, we're all called to be disciples. And we've got to get out there and bring the gospel. And that's what Spurgeon's call was this morning in his devotion. We've got to get out there by faith and bring the gospel to all the nations. All right, we're going to move on into our reading. Uh, we're going to be reading 2 Samuel 1, 1 Corinthians 12, Ezekiel 10, and Psalm 49. So we've finally finished 1 Samuel. We're into 2 Samuel. And at this point, remember, Saul and Jonathan are dead. They've been killed. Israel's been scattered. So now it happened after the death of Saul that David returned from striking down the Amalekites. Then David remained two days in Ziklag. Now it happened that on the third day, behold, a man came out of the camp from Saul, and his clothes were torn, and dust was on his head. And it happened when he came to David that he fell to the ground and prostrated himself. Then David said to him, From where do you come? And he said to him, I have escaped from the camp of Israel. And David said to him, How did things go? Tell me now. And he said, The people have fled from the battle, and also many of the people have fallen and are dead. And Saul and Jonathan his son are dead also. So David said to the young man who told him, How do you know that Saul and his son Jonathan are dead? And the young man who told him said, By chance I happened to be on Mount Gilboa, and behold, Saul was leaning on his spear. And behold, the chariots and the horsemen pursued him closely. Then he turned to look behind him, and he saw me and called to me, and I said, Here I am. And he said to me, Who are you? And I answered him, I am an Amalekite. Then he said to me, Please stand beside me and put me to death, for agony has seized me because my life still lingers in me. So I stood beside him and put him to death, because I knew that he could not live after he had fallen. And I took the crown which was on his head and the bracelet which was on his arm, and I have brought them here to my Lord. Then David took hold of his clothes and tore them, and so also did all the men who were with him. And they lamented and wept and fasted until evening for Saul and his son Jonathan and for the people of Yahweh and the house of Israel, because they had fallen by the sword. And David said to the young man who told him, Where are you from? And he answered, I am the son of a sojourner, an Amalekite. Then David said to him, How is it you were not afraid to send forth your hand to destroy the anointed of Yahweh? And David called one of the young men and said, Approach and fall upon him. So he struck him and he died. And David said to him, Your blood is on your head, for your mouth has answered against you, saying, I have put the anointed of Yahweh to death. Then David chanted with the funeral lament over Saul and Jonathan his son. And he told them to teach the sons of Judah the song of the bow. Behold, it is written in the book of Jashar. Your beauty, O Israel, is slain on your high places. How have the mighty fallen? Tell it not in Gath. Proclaim it not in the streets of Ashkelon. Lest the daughters of the Philistines be glad. Lest the daughters of the uncircumcised exult. O mountains of Jil Jilboa, let not dew or rain be on you, nor fields of offerings. For there the shield of the mighty has, was defiled, the shield of Saul, 
not not anointed with oil. From the blood of the slain, from the fat of the mighty, the bow of Jonathan did not turn back, and the sword of Saul did not return empty. Saul and Jonathan, beloved and pleasant in their life, and in their death they were not separated. They were swifter than eagles, they were mightier than lions. O daughters of Israel, weep over Saul, who clothed you luxuriously in scarlet, who put ornaments of gold on your clothing. How have the mighty fallen in the midst of the battle? Jonathan is slain on your high places. I am distressed for you, my brother Jonathan. You have been very pleasant to me. Your love to me was more wonderful than the love of women. How have the mighty fallen and the weapons of war perished? And now 1 Corinthians 12. And let me have a drink of water. My coffee's not ready yet this morning. Excuse me, but I'm definitely looking forward to it when I finish this. All right, 1 Corinthians 12. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that when you were pagans, you were being led astray to the mute idols, however you were led. Therefore I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus is accursed, and no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. Now the, there are there, wow. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit, and there are varieties of ministries and the same Lord, and there are varieties of workings, but the same God who works everything and everyone. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for what is profitable. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, and to another the word of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To someone else faith by the same Spirit and to another gifts of healing by the one spirit, and to another the workings of miracles, and to another prophecy, and to another the distinguishing of spirits, to someone else various kinds of tongues, and to another the translation of tongues. But one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually just as he wills. (coughs) Excuse me. For even as the body is one and yet has many members, and all the members of the body Though they are many, are one body, so also is Christ. For also by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body. body. Whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one Spirit. For also the body is not one member, but many. If the foot says, Because I am not a hand, I am not a part of the body, it is not for this reason any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, because I am not an eye, I am not a part of the body, it is not for this reason any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But now God has appointed the members, each one of them in the body, just as he desired. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? But now there are many members, but one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Or again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, how much more is it that the members of the body, which seem to be weaker, are necessary? And those members of the body, which we think are as less honorable, on these we bestow more abundant honor, and our less presentable members become much more presentable. Whereas our more presentable members have no such need, But God has so composed the body, 
giving more abundant honor to that member which lacked which lacked so that there may be no division in the body but that the members may have the same care for one another and if one member suffers all the members suffer with it if one member is honored all the members rejoice with it now you are Christ's body and individually members of it and God has appointed in the church first apostles second prophets third teachers then miracles then gifts of healing helps administrations various kinds of tongues are all apostles are all pro no, sorry various kinds of tongues are all apostles are all prophets are all teachers are all workers of miracles do all have gifts of healing do all speak with tongues do all translate but you earnestly desire the greater gifts and i will yet show you a more excellent way sorry about that and ezekiel 10 Then I looked, and behold, in the expanse that was over the heads of the cherubim, something like a sapphire stone in appearance, in the likeness of a throne, appeared above them. And he spoke to the man clothed in linen, and said, Enter between the whirling wheels under the cherubim, and fill your hands with coals of fire from between the cherubim, and scatter them over the city. And he entered in my sight. Now the cherubim were standing on the right side of the house when the man entered. And the cloud filled the inner court. Then the glory of Yahweh rose up from the cherub to the threshold of the house. And the house was filled. <clears throat> and the house. Oh, wow. Excuse me. And the house was filled with the cloud. And the court was filled with the brightness of the glory of Yahweh. Excuse me. I'm going to take a drink here. Oh. <clears throat> <sighs> better okay going to be continuing from ezekiel 10 verse 5 moreover the sound of the wings of the cherubim was heard as far as the outer court like the voice of god almighty when he speaks now it happened that when he commanded the man clothed in linen saying take fire from between the whirling wheels from between the cherubim he entered and stood beside a wheel then the cherub sent forth his hand from between the cherubim to the fire which was between the cherubim took some up and put it into the hands of the one clothed in linen who took it and went out and the cherubim appeared to have the form of a man's hand under their wings then i looked and behold four wheels beside the cherubim one wheel beside each cherub and the appearance of the wheels was like the gleam of a tarshish stone as for their appearance all four of them had the same likeness as if one wheel were within another wheel and they went as they went, they went in any of their four directions <clears throat> without turning as they went. But they went in the direction which they faced without turning as they went. <clears throat> and their whole body, their backs, their hands, their wings, and the wheels were full of eyes all around, the wheels belonging to all four of them. The wheels were called in my hearing the whirling wheels. And each one had four faces. The first face was the face of a cherub. The second face was the face of a man, and the third the face of a lion, and the fourth, fourth the face of an eagle. Then the cherubim rose up. Uh, then the cherubim rose up. They are the living creatures that I saw by the river Chebar. Now, as the cherubim went, the wheels went beside them. Also, when the cherubim lifted up their wings to rise from the ground, the wheels would not turn from beside them. When the cherubim stood still. The wheels would stand still, and when they rose up, the wheels would rise with them. 
for the spirit of the living creatures was in them. Then the glory of Yahweh departed from the threshold of the house and stood over the cherubim. When the cherubim departed, they lifted their wings and rose up from the earth in my sight with the wheels beside them. And they stood still at the entrance of the east gate of the house of Yahweh and the glory of the God of Israel hovered over them. These are the living creatures that I saw beneath the God of Israel by the river Chebar. So I knew that they were cherubim. Each one had four faces and each one four wings, and beneath their wings was the likeness of human hands. As for the likeness of their faces, they were the same faces whose appearance I had seen by the river Chebar. Each one went straight ahead. And finally, Psalm 49. Hear this, all peoples. Give ear, all inhabitants of the world, both low and high, rich and poor together. My mouth will speak wisdom, and the meditation of my heart will be discernment. I will incline my ear to a proverb. I will express my riddle on the harp. Why should I fear in days of evil, when the iniquity of my supplanters surrounds me, even those who trust in their wealth, and boast in the abundance of their riches? Truly no man can redeem his brother. He cannot give to God a ransom for him, for the redemption price for their soul is costly, and it ceases forever, that he should live on eternally, that he should not seek corruption. For he sees that even wise men die, the fool and the senseless alike perish, and leave their wealth to others. Their inner thought is that their houses, their houses are forever, and their dwelling places from generation to generation. They have called their land after their own names, but man in his honor will not endure. He is like the animals that perish. This is the way of those who are foolish and of those after them who are pleased with their words. As deep as they, as cheap they are appointed for Sheol, death will shepherd them and the upright shall have dominion over them in the morning and their form shall be for Sheol to consume far away from his habitation. But God will redeem my soul from the power of Sheol, for he will receive me. Do not be afraid when a man becomes rich, when the glory of his house increases, for when he dies he will not take any of it. His glory will not descend after him. For while he lives he blesses his soul, and men will praise you when you do well for yourself. But his soul shall go to the generation of his fathers. They will eternally not see light. Man in his honor, man in his honor, but who does not understand, is like the animals that perish. Amen. And that is our reading for today. Um, I definitely hope and pray that you have a blessed day um, and that this reading um, would bless you, uh, would uplift you, uh, would equip you, would prepare you for facing the world that gets continually worse as we live within it. Um, and I would hope it would remind you that uh, God is in control of it all. He has ordained it all. Um, this isn't a plan B or a plan C or a plan D. This has been his plan since eternity, since before the earth was made. This has been God's plan. And for those that he has saved through the work of his son, Jesus Christ. It is meant for our good. It is meant to shape us and refine us. <clears throat> and I would pray that you would take hold of that confidence and thus you would walk out into this world and be that example 
be that witness to a loving God who gave his son. What a loving gift it was. So please have a blessed day. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, uh, we again are so blessed to be able to get together together today, uh, myself and whoever might might deign to listen. And Lord, I would pray that this time together would build up and benefit those that would hear and would build up myself, that, that it would prepare us all for a solid day in this secular world, but that we would truly, truly keep our minds on the spiritual. Yes, we need to properly take care of the temporal, but Lord, that our minds would be totally focused on the spiritual so that we truly walk as imitators of you and imitators of your son, Jesus Christ. In your name we pray, amen. And again, I would pray that you have a blessed day and that all you do today, you would do for the glory of God. Have a great day.